0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Enterprise Kaizen webcast. I'm Tom Keehan. Today we're gonna to talk about the fundamentals of problem solving. Uh, I categorize problem solving into three different areas. Just do it, meaning you can get it done within a few days. Uh, rapid improvements, which is a 30 days or less within the month. And then of course, the larger, bigger program projects that you would use, things like the DMAIC methodology or Demadvi, Uh, to go with but today we're going to talk about some action that you can take right away with some of the problem-solving fundamentals. Um, It's real important to make sure that you keep it as simple and basic and controlled as possible because what you're trying to do with the fundamentals is turn your entire organization into problem solvers. Now a lot of people use a lot of the tools that we're going to talk about today but having it in that structured form, making it visible is really important because that's how we can start to share best practices and then eliminate what I've talked about before as the culture of repetitive problem solving. So the, one of the first things we got to do is we got to say, what problem are we trying to solve? And it drives people a little mad. And I will be very upfront and say that that I've irritated lots of people who give me problem statements and problem definitions and problem backgrounds. But answering that question, what problem are you trying to solve, is really key. It hones people in on the action that they're going to try to take uh, to solve the problem. So to do that, what you want to be sure is really think about it and really brainstorm it. And it's very much like when you do a vision statement, a mission statement, and then, of course, your values and your actions beyond that, spending the right amount of time up front to make sure that you get it right will save you so much time in the long run. But it really, most importantly, helps you focus right in on the problem at hand. Okay, so after you've done that, the first thing you got to go do is get the voice of your customer. And the customer doesn't mean the people that you're giving your product services or information to. It's the customer of the process. So think about it in terms of SIPOC, right? Supplier, input, processes, output, customer. You have an input and you have an output right there on either side of your process. So the output is where it's going to your customer, whoever you're handing it to next in the flow. Or it could be to the customer or the one who's consuming your your uh, your your goods. So after you get that voice of the customer, you then want to say, what are the critical to quality requirements that I have? And this is something that we call CTQs, critical to quality. So um, you know it's it's a bit of a of a lost art. I I hate to say I haven't seen uh, critical to quality dimensions on drawings like I used to. I see. Um, critical characteristics, but that old, older kind of you know approach to it. And I'm not saying it's not out there. I'm sure it is with some, with some people. I just have not seen it as much uh, lately as I uh, am used to seeing it as an engineer in my past. And that critical to quality dimension on your drawing says this is it. This is what I cannot be wrong with. And it makes sure that whoever is looking at that drawing, using it. Uh, understands that that is you know one of the critical components that we got to stay focused on so after you get your uh, critical to quality requirements right you're gonna move into the next phase but that voice of the customer I want to get back to because it's really about understanding what your customer needs and it's it's that first step um, towards creating the new product the new service the new requirements and the new approach that you're going to have uh, you know as you solve this problem um, that if we think about it from a cup of coffee standpoint, let's, let's go there. I love my coffee, I'm having some right now as we record <laughs> this podcast. But you know, critical to quality requirements, that, that's how we translate the customer needs into the requirements, okay? So let's talk about coffee. I, 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 I want good coffee, that's the need. And that's hard to measure. I can't just measure that I want good coffee, so how do I measure that? Well, what are the drivers to a good cup of coffee? There's taste, there's temperature, there's cost, and those are the drivers that then go to one step further to say, "Great, now what's the critical the quality requirement for, say, temperature? Okay, well, I want it to be somewhere between, you know, um, you, you know, one hundred and forty degrees Fahrenheit and one hundred and eighty degrees Fahrenheit. That that's I like a hot cup of coffee, and that's where I want it." Now it's measurable. Now I can take the voice of the customer and I can actually make it measurable. So that's, that's an important, important aspect that we have to have before we really get going on. So now we have the critical quality uh, requirements and now we wanna do a five why analysis. What is it that um, you know, we're not doing that's causing us? So here, I don't have a hot cup of coffee, why? Uh, it sat too long before I served it, why? Well, I was too busy, why? I just overloaded and i'm not able to get to the things that i want and i left it on the counter this is how you do that 5y analysis and that gets you to some potential root causes that doesn't mean that they're the actual root causes it gets you to the potential root causes you take those and then you get into a cause and effect diagram here are the causes that i have the effect is i'm not getting that good cup of coffee that i wanted at the beginning so, cause and effects diagrams—you um, know—they're—they're—they've they're, been called Ishikawa uh, diagrams or fishbone diagrams. But really, it's—it's it's about what are the causes from um, materials, methods, um, equipment, people, and then you 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 categorize them there to see what it is that's really getting you to the effect. Um, I haven't been a big fan of those, you know, when I see people do them because sometimes they're just brainstorming and people are just kind of putting whatever they want there. The whole point is you build it from the 5Y analysis. Then it has a bit more logic to it. So to follow that method of, of using the tools, that's, a, that's a, a, a very you know critical component. And now that, that I've got that cause and effect diagram and I can start to see what it is, I want to start identifying what are the wastes. So this is where the lean part of it comes in, right? I categorize the eight wastes. I look at my causes and what the effects are. And I start to say, OK, where in those eight wastes can I identify you know, where I'm having some of the problems so I can start to clear the noise? I want to get rid of the noise so that I can focus really well <clears throat> Excuse me, on the problem at hand. Okay. And then as I get rid of that waste, I want to say, OK, now I've got to go grab some data as best I can. So I look at the process map. And if you haven't developed a process map for this process that you're looking at, you've got to do that so you can see the steps along the way there was one that i that i came across and you know they were they said okay well at the machine they they have you know the work instructions and we went and found it first of all it was 7 years old and it was clean as a whistle tucked into a plastic <laughs> leaf it was obvious people haven't really read it and here's why it was 37 steps to do this process i don't think anyone's going to pull that out and really start looking at it they're going to figure out how to do the job or they're going to Find a different way to get it done. So we really want to put what the right process together. A good process map, you know, I I I tend to follow the rule of eight plus or minus two uh, boxes, right? So the process map kind of details out, you know, step by step by step. But a step by step by step that can be done in flow that can be considered one step in itself. So you think about waiting handoffs. Those are some of the wastes that. Um, you know, are in the eight types of waste. And those those are the ones that break the process. Therefore, I can kind of categorize my process into these uh, smaller steps and have a cleaner, more understandable process map. Uh, as I've got that process map, then I want to start to grab data. You know, what is it that I can look at? And so when we think about data on its um, on its really basic roots, there's two types of data. There's Variable data and there's attribute data, right? There's data that I count, attribute data, one, two, three, four, good, bad, yes, no, and then there's you know variable data, which is more continuous. And think of it as I use a scale. Um, I'm looking at my stopwatch. I'm measuring temperature, and I want to get that kind of data. And then you can also say, all right, is it subjective data or is it objective data? Attribute and uh, variable data are objective data. But if I don't have that opportunity, then I can start to use subjective data. But here's the trick. You got to be careful when you say I'm going to use subjective data, which is basically opinion. If I take the opinion the same way every single time and I follow that, I have a higher probability of being able to say that data can now be considered um, objective because I can start to make decisions from it so that's an important part about the data of when you get in so now you've gotten you know your what problem am i trying to solve my voice a customer critical to quality 5y feeds into cause and effect diagram gets me my process map my looking at my eight types of waste i'm grabbing the data and now i can do one of the basic visual managements of data and put it into a pareto diagram so i can start to make a decision these are the things that i want to go after um, then, then, I can start to use some of the other tools like 5Y, I mean a 5S, right? Sort, set in order, shine, standardize, sustain. Um, find what kind of pokeyokey I can put in place to keep that uh, error from happening again. And then I would employ one of the methodologies, either following a good A3 process or an 8D process if you've got a deviation that you're working on, but something that's structured enough to help people lead their way through. A simplified A3 is really great because an A3 tells the story on a page. So I'm a big fan of that, especially for rapid improvement projects that use some of the tools that we're talking about today. And an A3 will 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 um, also be able to be generated that you can keep them, um, you know, in the in the document library or in your repository so that they're easily accessible to say, you know what, we worked on that process before six months ago, you know, two years ago pull that out. Let's see what we did and see what still applies so that we can accelerate the amount of time it takes us to work on this problem. So, you know, those are the, those are the fundamentals to me and that, that's how it flows. So that's, that's a great start for rapid improvement projects. And just to go down the order one more time, it's defining what problem am I trying to solve, get the voice of the customer that I then translate into critical to quality requirements, do a 5Y analysis to get to some potential root causes. Put together your cause and effect diagram to see where you are in the different areas of method, machine, um, material, employee. And then um, start to identify the wastes and um, you know, grab some of the other tools like 5S and Pokeyoke and then get it into a good, structured, visible A3 so that you can then start to measure, progress the goal, what, am I, what value am I really adding to the company as I do this? And I, I've seen problem solving on all sorts of levels and, I, and I'm a big fan of starting at the very basics like this. And these things are not just manufacturing, this is for the office environment as well. If you think about how well do I do my accounts payable, so how am I invoicing my customers? Um, do I need to improve that so we have the information uh, much more sooner? Um, you know, how is it that we're hiring people? What's our cycle time or our lead time to cycle um, to to get people, you know, in into seats? And as we um, start to think about our growth and we need more people, how rapidly can we solve some of those problems that are hindering our processes? So this is this is this is a good one. Um, you know, we have more of it on our website if you want to go see it at www.enterprisekaizen.com. And as always, uh, stay safe. Uh, Let us know if we can do anything to help you, but uh, that basic flow of of problem solving is a great one. So hopefully you got some actions to take forward and uh, and start solving. So good luck, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.